Welcome to the Modern Mind Hoff Podcast. I am your host, Richard Huffman, expert in all things Bader Meinhof. This is the only podcast devoted to, yet unaffiliated with, the Bader Meinhof gang. Uh, we talk about all things Bader Meinhof, left-wing German terrorism in the 1970s, student radicalism, other related ephemera. Um, and every once in a while, a Bader Meinhof reference will pop out of nowhere and take me by complete surprise. That happened today when I finally got a chance to see the Oscar-winning animated short from last year called Logorama. Perhaps you saw it when it was highlighted on the Oscar ceremonies. Um, It is truly sublime and all things awesome. Um, So it uses like a hundred corporate or hundreds of corporate logos to tell a small kind of crime story in Los Angeles and a much bigger story about a world sinking under corporate control. So sort of the main story is uh, this kind of cops and robbers story involving these cops who are chased, played by Michelin men, who are chasing a wanted serial killer, Ronald McDonald. Um, And it's sort of like a Tarantino-esque story. So at one point, Ronald McDonald crashes this van he's driving Um, And out of the back pours dozens of Red Army Faction logos. They're stylized red star with the Heckler and Koch machine pistol sort of superimposed on the side with the RF logo emblazoned on them. And Ronald grabs uh, Bob's big boy and holds him hostage before he starts randomly shooting up this diner. It's incredible seeing him, you know, pop, 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 you know, holding with one hand this uh, RAF machine gun. It's incredible. And I can't help but think that uh, Andres Bader and Gudrun Enslin would approve. You know, having their gun being the instrument of destruction in this overtly anti-capitalist cartoon. Um, So, you know, it's hard to know why the producers chose this. It's possible that they simply did like a Google image search saying machine gun logo. And this is like the first thing that came up because there's not that many logos out there that have machine guns on them. Certainly not many corporate logos. So they might not have even put much thought into this. Um, But that said, if they did, you know, it definitely works on two levels. Of course, you know, there's the, there's the, the one I just mentioned, which is that the RAF's guns prominence in this anti corporate cartoon you know at a certain point this is exactly what the RAF was fighting uh, about themselves you know they were fighting um, a global anti-corporate war an imperialist war but against these forces of capitalism but it also works on this other level the RAF more than any other terrorist group in history came to define radical chic these guys were trendsetters they helped lend credibility and cachet to the BMW brand when they would steal the, the 2002 cars, the, the 2002 model cars, um, thus giving rise to the joke that BMW didn't stand for Bayerisch Motorwagen Werk. It stood for Bader Meinhof Wagen or Bader Meinhof car. Um, among the most famous wanted poster or pictures of Meinhof was taken from her 1968 arrest where she's being carried or led away wearing her trendy Ray-Ban Wayfair, Ray-Ban Wayfair sunglasses. And when Botter was arrested in 72, I'm pretty sure, not positive, pretty sure he was wearing his skin-tight crushed velvet trademark 
jeans that he liked to wear. So their logo, it also became famous and worldwide and instantly identifiable. So despite their war on capitalism and corporatism, they themselves essentially became a brand, one that appealed to the hip, the young, and the outwardly radical. So seeing their logo amidst 500 other logos in Logorama reminds me that far from being apolitical, branding and logos are intensely political. And the RAF logo fits perfectly in that spectrum. So, so this isn't the first time that the RAF logo has wormed its way into some form of popular culture. Probably the most famous was in the film Rude Boy, which is a semi-documentary starring The Clash from around 1978. Um, it, it, you know, it features this, basically, The Clash, although I think they're playing a different group in this movie. And um, at one point you see Joe Strummer, who's the leader of The Clash, I think it's Joe Strummer, um, washing a shirt in this sink, you know, I think in the back of this club. And um, it's this bright red shirt, and he holds it up to a mate, and it's got the words Brigitta Rosa, which is the Red Brigades, an Italian group very similar to the Red Army Faction. And in the middle, it's got the Red Army Faction logo that we've been talking about. And he explains to his mate that it says Brigitta Rosa. Um, and, uh, and he jokes that Brigitta Rosa is a pizza joint. And then, but then he says, no, it's Italian terrorists. And then the RAF was this other group of terrorists. Um, it's fascinating because it's clear that Strummer doesn't really know what either group really is. And to me, it seemed little different than when Sid Vicious of the Sex Pistols would wear Nazi paraphernalia. It, they were doing it iconic for iconic sake. They almost had no understanding of the meaning. Um, so a quick word about the history of the logo. I'm, I'm not sure totally at this point ex exactly when it appeared or even who designed it. Um, I do know that the machine gun in the logo was the Heckler & Koch, which I think is a German company uh, machine pistol. It almost certainly appeared in the public in the underground newspaper Agit 883, which, um, which regularly would publish communiques and other releases by the group. I think it was where the Das Concept Stadt Gorilla, the concept urban gorilla, first appeared, which was written by Ulrika Meinhoff. Essentially, it was the RAF's early manifesto. Um, and uh, I'll have to go through my copies of it, but it probably appeared sometime in late 1970 or early to mid-1971 goes. And at times in my life I've been employed full-time as a graphic designer. Um, so as far as logos go, I think this logo is about perfect and timeless in a sense. Um, it's not abstract in any way. It's a red star symbolizing socialist revolution superimposed with the means of that revolution, the machine gun and the Red Army faction, the people who are going to bring that revolution. It's once equally frightening and alluring, which is probably exactly what they hoped for. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, hey, Richard, why don't you sell merchandise with the RAF logo on it on your site? Um, you know, it's clearly not copyrighted and, and you'd probably sell a lot, they point out. Um, so here's what I tell them. I say, well, that would be sick and it would be morally wrong. I, I don't think I could do it. Um, I've tried to make my site as interesting and visually appealing as possible. And I'm fully aware of how exciting it is to read about these 
young people that were trying to bring about or kickstart a revolution. I, I understand that appeal. It, it's something that appeals to me on one level. Um, but I also hope that people who read my site um, develop an appreciation um, of the ultimate futility of their efforts and for the tremendous amount of personal devastation they wrought, despite their compelling the, the narratives of these people's lives. So when I think of the Bader Meinhof group, I think of those compelling narratives, but I also think of these bombings. I think of like the first bombing um, in May of 72 when Lieutenant Colonel Paul Bloomquist was was killed, murdered by the group in um, at when they set off a bomb at the Frankfurt E.G. Farben building with a big piece of shrapnel that just tore through his neck and, and killed him. And I think of his daughter, who was a teenager, who almost certainly heard the explosion and later found out that, yes, her dad was killed by it. And she was one of perhaps 50 to maybe 100 children who in the coming decade would become orphans by this group. You know, and of course, I think of my my mom and dad who could have be, who could have um, been killed by their compatriots in the June second movement when when they both encountered June second bombs. So uh, it's hard for me to think about that kind of stuff and think, yeah, let's put a logo on a coffee mug and sell it on the the website. It just seems really really wrong and seems to go against all the stuff that I've learned about the group and what I'm trying to convey with the group. Um, that said, I do sell two wanted posters on my site and I do sell a bumper sticker and, um, the wanted posters, you know, I, they are reproductions of posters that appeared throughout Germany that were used by the Bundeskriminalamt to try and capture, um, the Bader Meinhof group. The, the sticker, uh, it, it says in English, it says, I do not belong to the Bader Meinhof. It says it in German, but it says, I do not belong to the Bader Meinhof group. And that was put on cars, presumably young people who were tired of being hassled by the police that basically it's saying, hey, just because I have long hair doesn't mean I am a terrorist. So quit hassling me, quit pulling me over. So, you know, and, and those posters, they were essentially designed to capture the group. In a sense, you could say they were overtly anti-RAF um, posters. That said, it's pretty clear that if you were young and radical in the early 70s, you probably may have had one of these posters up in your, in your, on your wall or in your dorm room because it was kind of ironic to have that. You know, th there's that another time when I, when, when a Bader Meinhof, random Bader Meinhof reference caused my uh, jaw to drop to the floor was when I was watching the movie Munich, the Steven Spielberg movie of about six, seven years ago, when um, Eric Bonn, who's this Israeli agent, uh, secretly meets up with this um, German terrorist, uh, an Andres Bader-like character, meeting in his lair in Germany. And on the wall was a big copy of that poster, um, which they were clearly saying, hey, even the terrorists would put those posters on the wall, kind of ironically. So I understand that that, that poster cuts both ways. Um, and I would also understand when people might say, hey, even selling that poster is inappropriate. They might have a point, but, you know, whatever. That's the line I drew. Um, so um, anyway, um, on my Botter blog, um, available from a link on my homepage, you can find links to the Logorama movie, 
um, as well as um, the clip from the Rude Boy Clash movie featuring that t-shirt scene I was telling you about. They're both pretty interesting to watch. Um, and definitely, if you get a chance, watch that Logorama movie. It is fantastic. Um, so a couple of bits of news. One is I'm rebuilding my site with Drupal. Um, and it's come along fairly well, but if you have any experience with Drupal three, uh, pardon me, Drupal theme development, I would love to pick your brain. So drop me a line. Oh, and I have my interview with my dad and mom about our experiences dealing with the June 2nd movement in, uh, in the early 1970s in Berlin and my dad's experience diffusing their bombs. It's pretty interesting and I should have it posted in the next day or, or next few days. It's in the can. Uh, just editing it. So that's about it. So thank you for listening and feel free as always to email me at richard at richardhuffman.com. Uh, again, richard at richardhuffman.com. And if you enjoy or like this website, go to iTunes and review the site. Put a, put a review, hopefully a five-star review. Right now I have two and I think one is written by me. So if you get a chance, put a review up if you like it. And as always, drop me a line. Thanks so much for listening. Bottom line, huh?